Hey guys, it's time for Nina's Got Good News. Nina's a former TV news gal who used to share all the news. Now, as a mom and small businesswoman, she wants to share only the good stuff. It's time to brighten your day. So here's your host, Nina B. Clark. Hi everyone, how are you? I love that introduction. This is Nina Clark, your host of Nina's Got Good News. And I'm so excited that you all came back and the mics are working and life is good on the podcast. Thank you so much. You guys are so awesome. All your support is what really keeps me going. Remember, this is a movement to share good news and every single week we are growing the movement. Welcome to podcast number 14. And today we want to focus on something that's super important to all of us, not just to me and not just to my guest, but this is important for all of us health and nutrition. We have a very special good news guest with me here today to help us give everyone some really good helpful tips. We're joined by my friend, integrative nutrition health coach, Anna Glennon. Welcome to the podcast, Anna. Thank you so much for having me. I'm psyched to be here. So fun. I know. I'm so excited that you moved to Connecticut, by the way, because guess what? Now I'm going to be like, (laughs) I'm going to be calling you to be a, a frequent guest because we all need health and nutrition advice all the time. I'm so excited. So tell us a little bit about yourself and your background and how did you get into the nutrition industry? Um, Great. So I actually began my career in Teach for America and uh, I lived in New Orleans for two years after college and uh, did all the wonderful things that New Orleans has to offer and then decided to move to New York and keep teaching. And when I first moved to New York, I got really sick. And nobody could tell me why I was sick. I went to a lot of different doctors, and it was just sort of this mysterious thing. Um, I lost all the weight that I had gained in New Orleans and a lot more. So I started to look really sickly as well. Um, And I started to figure out that transitioning the foods that I was eating, eating more of a real foods-based diet, gave me more energy, uh, energy enough to keep up with 35-year-olds in a kindergarten classroom, And um, so I started a blog um, with a friend and we just uh, decided to post some recipes and be our silly thing. And um, now, gosh, five years later, it's turned into a business. Is that amazing? Right. Yeah. And let's talk about that big career switch, right? Because you might inspire some people that you were a teacher in the kindergarten classroom, right? And you decided to take this big leap of faith, right? And leave the teaching behind, even though you're still teaching with nutrition, but you left the classroom behind, and you made a big career switch, right? Yeah, I did. Um, And it was scary and still really scary. Uh, But I just um, realized that nutrition and just just health in in general was a huge passion of mine. And um, I left teaching little kids about now three years ago and was working at a graduate school of education. So I was teaching adults. And while I was doing that, I was like, wow, I really love teaching and working with other adults. I had no idea because all I'd done was teach little kids um, and decided, like, I wonder if there's a way for me to teach teachers how to be healthy and how to um, give back that energy to people who serve other people all day long. People like doctors and nurses and teachers who just spend their whole day dedicated to other human beings and they're exhausted, but they don't ever take care of themselves. So that was really, my company is called Teach, Eat, Repeat, and that was sort of the inspiration behind the name. It's like you have to take care of yourself before you can yes. serve other people. A little self-care, right? Yeah. How important that is. We always talk about that. We love that. Now, tell me more a little bit about your experience. You said you got sick, mm. and so then 
you know, the, the long and the short of it is they diagnosed you with celiac disease, right? Yeah. So you, you realize you have celiac disease. And for those of us that don't know a lot about it, that's like the advanced version of being gluten-free, right? But yeah. it's like gluten is sort of po poison to your body when you have celiac disease. Totally. So tell us a little bit about more about that disease. So, um, celiac disease is an autoimmune disorder. So basically when I eat the gluten protein, which is the thing in bread that makes bread great, that like when you pull apart a really delicious baguette and then you get those like strings holding mm, on to each other, yeah, that's the gluten. Um, and when I eat that, my body thinks it goes like basically it permeates my gut wall, goes directly into my bloodstream and my body sends out these antibodies. For some people, they don't have the antibody reaction and they can process it and it moves through their bloodstream totally fine. For me, it causes this huge immune reaction as if um, similar to somebody else who's like has the flu and is getting a fever, like the same way that your body inflames itself when you have a fever. Um, that's what happens when I eat something with gluten in it. And it can make me really physically sick. It can lay me down on the couch for a couple of days and you get that same sort of feeling that you have when you have the flu of like, I just got hit by a Mack truck. I can't move. Oh my God. It sounds terrible. Takes it, yeah. takes it out of you. Yeah. Um, and if you, if you eat enough of it, you can actually punch large enough holes in your intestines that it can kill you. So it's really important for people with celiac disease to have absolutely no gluten, including cross-contamination in their, in their lives. But it took me five years to get a diagnosis from the first time that I got sick. Um, it's probably something I've had my whole life, but um, it gets worse with stress. Mm -hmm. And so when I moved to New York and I just started a new teaching job and I was just dating this really cool guy who's now my husband. And Hi, Michael. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so all these great, wonderful things were happening at the same time. And I think it just sort of erupted into this big sickness. Yep. But again, that was seven years ago, and it took me five years after that to get a true diagnosis right. for so celiac it's, disease. Right, so it's been quite a journey, right? Yeah, it's difficult. Yeah. Well, let's since you mentioned the gut, mm. and that's a big thing with celiac, right? And that's something you've experienced personally. So let's talk a little bit about the gut. I've read recently someone said it's like our second brain. Um, but w tell me more, like, why does everything sort of start and stop in the gut? And then walk me through this big word that everyone's talking about that I still don't totally understand the microbiome, but let's just talk about the gut and then microbiome I know sort of goes with the totally. gut. So explain all that for us. Yeah. Great. Um, so I think we know that, I guess, you know, that expression, trust your gut or yes. go with your gut instinct. Yep. There is a reason that that expression exists is because truly your gut is the second part of your brain. Um, and so it's somewhere in your intuition telling you, you can physically feel it when something's right or wrong. Your, the majority of your immune system lives in your intestinal system. And so when you are constantly eating foods that are inflammatory, um, you're sending off immune responses in your intestines all day, every day. And that leads to a whole bunch of other issues throughout your whole body. It leads to the inflammation going anywhere it can. Um, scientists have actually recently proved that when human beings were shorter, maybe walked on all fours, our brain and our intestines were connected. And then as we grew upright, they separated. So there's truly a connection between your mind and your gut. Um, and so you have to nourish your gut in order to have a healthy brain and have a fully healthy body. So if your gut is out of whack, then 
everything's, everything. everything's out of everything. whack. And it may manifest itself in, in really interesting ways. Like a lot of people talk about constant bloating or people talk about these like vague stomach issues that they have. And that's definitely classic um, presenting symptoms for a disrupted microbiome. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the microbiome is part of your gut or it is the gut? Microbiome, it, like, it's, it's a huge concept that's just basically like everything that's going on inside of your body is your own personal microbiome. Okay. That said, your gut has its separate microbiome. So you have to nourish that separately um, and like pointedly from the rest of your body. So it needs different things. Okay. Basically, the long and the short of it is like you said, everything sort of stops and starts with the gut. We have to have a clean gut. Mm-hmm. We got to make sure that we're working on our gut and always trusting our gut. And if things don't feel right, then maybe we have to look a little closer Think at how closely. we can clean out that gut. Yeah. So you mentioned some inflammatory, oh, anti-inflammatory. Yeah. So let's start with what are some of the anti-inflammatory foods that we should all be eating to help us with our gut situation so that we can have a healthy gut? Awesome. I know there's some that you would like us all to be eating. Yeah. So give us give us some of your go-tos on that. There are some. Um, the biggest one is to eat dark, leafy green vegetables. Is that like kale? Like kale. I mean, anything that's green, basically. Okay. Um, romaine, like anything that you like. If it's arugula, great. Any way you want it. If you want to, um, I tell my nutrition clients that they should be eating vegetables at every meal. And people are like, oh, vegetables at breakfast. That's gross. But what if you make scrambled eggs and throw some spinach in there? Yes, that I like counts. that idea. Or like you make a smoothie and throw a handful of kale. Yeah. That counts. Um, and then you can start the day and you're like, I've already had one serving of vegetables. Yes, I'm already <laughs> starting off right. Exactly. If all yep. else fails, like at least I did one thing right. Yep. I like that. Um, so okay, so anything one. green, anything I like green. that. I'm going to work um, on that. Note to self, more <laughs> always, greens. Always, always. Um, another good one is bone broth or okay. collagen. Okay. Um, if I'm you're, hearing a lot about these. Yeah, Yeah, it's a huge trend right now. Um, I, like, It's another one of those, like there's a reason our grandmothers gave us chicken soup when we yes. were sick, when we were little yep. kids. So bone broth or collagen. Now, mm-hmm. do you like the bone broth warmed up? Yeah, yeah I do. You warm um, it up. I warm it up and drink it. Um, like in a mug, sometimes I add like a little bit of apple cider vinegar or a little bit of salt because not all of it has a ton of flavor. Um, there's some really great brands out there that do, if you have time to make your own and you have a slow cooker, you have an instant pot. It's awesome. If you can make your own, if not, there's whole foods and Trader Joe's both sell great varieties of it that you can just heat up. Um, as far as collagen, you do this too. Yeah, both... I do it in my coffee exactly. or my smoothie or my water. Exactly. That vital proteins, the the collagen peptides, it doesn't have a taste. People are always like, "What do you? How do you put so that gross. in your coffee or your water? Isn't that taste gross?" But there's no flavor. No, and it just dissolves, especially in hot liquids. You don't notice it at all. So if you're drinking... so yeah, why are, why is collagen? What does that do for us? It is actually one of the only things that if you have those tiny little holes in your intestines that are letting foods get into your bloodstream and causing an immune response, it's one of the very few foods that can actually patch up those holes. Okay. Oh, so that's awesome. So the more that you take into your intestines, the more it can kind of glaze over the holes and give you um, smooth digestion. I love it. It's like a little helper. It I totally like is. Yeah. It fills in all the gaps. Okay. So so those are some of the anti-inflammatory mm-hmm. foods that we should be eating, but let's talk about the ones that you don't want us to be eating. What are some of the bad ones that you're yeah. like, Nina, that's a no-no. Um, the biggest one is sugar. And it's, oh, yeah, that's tough. It's so tough, and it's so unfortunate. Sugar's not our friend. It's not. 
in any way. It's not good for your skin. It's not good for your insides. It's not good for your hair. It's not good for your brain. And it really will inflame you? It yeah, can. it really can. Um, it, I think like there are certain foods that are inflammatory for just specific groups of people. Unfortunately, sugar is not one of those. Okay. It's inflammatory for everybody. Um, our body and our brains weren't meant to run on sugar. They were meant to run on fats. And so when we take away the healthy fats from our diet and replace them with sugar, it forces our body to do a bunch of other processes in order to access that energy there and store that energy there. Okay. Uh, and it just so, causes okay. all kinds of You're killing everyone, Anna. This is Sorry. so hard. But we'll just make baby steps, right? Yeah, we'll, we'll do baby steps Exactly. With this. Even if you just start to, you know, if this is new information for you, the thing to do is just to start to look at the foods that you're eating mm-hmm. and look at the back of the package. Now the FDA um, makes all processed foods say the added sugar, and that's the number you want to be looking at. If it's natural sugar, if it comes from a fruit, it comes from a vegetable, it comes from a potato, fine. I'm okay with that. If it's added sugar, that's what you really want to be watching out for. If you've done this a little bit before, you can pick a number and start to reduce the amount that you're eating. Okay, I like that. If you're an old pro, you might try eliminating it altogether for oh, a couple of days. Okay, <laughs> yeah. that even means wine, guys. Yep, no wine. Totally. Yep. Okay. And Anna and I always talk about this amongst ourselves, but we like vodka soda mm-hmm. with fresh lime or tequila and soda with fresh lime. Yep. So if anyone out there needs a little tip on that. A so, okay, cocktail. so sugar, is there any other ones that you really don't want to? S- eating because you're worried about inflammation? I think the other, the other two big ones are gluten and dairy. Okay. And some people, um, have the, again, the classic sort of gut reaction to those, like their stomach hurts if they eat those, but they may be inflaming you in other ways. Like if you eat them, um, you may notice that you feel really tired or sluggish afterwards. And that's a sign of inflammation. Right. That's when you like say, I ate so much. I want to take a nap. Totally. Yep. Or like, um, you get that sort of brain fog at mm-hmm. 3 PM where you're like, I, why can't I focus anymore at my job? Or maybe you get a little bit of joint pain that's like appearing out of nowhere, your fingers hurt or your knee hurts. All of those are signs of inflammation. Okay. Um, and oftentimes reducing gluten and dairy can reduce those symptoms. Okay. I like that. Okay. That's good. Those are really good tips. So let's talk a little bit about this time of year because oh, yeah. here we are in September <laughs> and some of us, I don't know, may, um, maybe me, we might've had a really fun filled summer, a mm-hmm. lot of fun, which I wouldn't take back, right? No regrets. But so what are some ideas that you would give for just sort of a quick way to get back on track and have sort of a September reset? Um, great question. I think everyone's thinking at this time of year and like September is the new January as far as resolutions go. Uh, it's just good to get back into a routine and whatever that routine looks like for you, uh, I think is really important for this time of year. A lot of us are sending kids back to school and we're giving our kids back to their routines. It's just as important as we do that for ourselves. So pick one thing a week is kind of my advice. Um, it might be focused on your sleep. It might be focused on your water intake, but sort of really focus on the one thing for the week, master it, and then add on the following week. So you don't do any huge changes at once. Just pick don't one. Don't overwhelm. Don't overwhelm. Just just nail it. 
And then you can sort of graduate to the next thing from there. Okay. And when it comes to water, you mm. always tell me we have to drink half of our body weight in water, correct? Yeah, in ounces. Okay. In ounces. Yeah. Okay. So if you weigh 150 pounds, you're looking at 75 ounces of yeah, water. Yeah. It's called a day. chug a lug, people, <laughs> so right? Okay. First thing in the morning, last thing in the evening. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing you always tell me with the September reset is get more and more greens in yeah. there, too. So the sleep, the water, and then maybe work on some just adding tons and tons of greens, yep, right? Yeah, exactly. And okay. And right, I'm taking notes here because <laughs> you're, really you're really telling me what to do here. My other favorite trick um, when people are like, oh, I just don't know how to cram any more vegetables in besides like, smoothies and scrambled eggs and things like that, I would say pick a pretty hearty green like a spinach or a kale, something that wilts down nicely. And then make whatever it is you're going to make for lunch or dinner. If you're going to have, you know, some steak with a baked potato, totally fine. But take your plate and line it with green stuff first. And just put your steak, put your potato on top so that with every bite, you're also taking in a bite of green. And you don't really notice because you're still eating the delicious stuff on top. Yes, that's such a good idea. I never thought of that. I love that. All right. I'm going to work on that too. So since you brought up the kids mm. and since um, um, the struggle is real for me as a mom, <laughs> what are some of your go-to healthy food ideas, snack ideas for the moms out there that are just, we really want our kids to make better choices. We want our kids to eat healthy. And sometimes it is really hard because there's, <laughs> there's a lot out there yeah. that, um, you know, is being marketed towards our kids that is not necessarily healthy. So what are some of your go-to's? For this the moms listening. Tricky. And the dads. Yeah. I don't have kids yet. Um, so I can't say that I like speak from experience there. But um, what I urge my clients to do are a couple of different things. I think the biggest one is to get your kids into the kitchen whenever possible. Um, I think taking your kids to a farmer's market or something like that so they can see fresh produce, what it looks like, ask lots of questions about where it comes from, or maybe they're seeing a variety of zucchini or eggplant that they've never seen before. Uh, and then you as a parent can say, like, why don't we take it home and try it? Like, you're curious about it. There's that one. Um, I love that. You're sort of getting them involved, yeah, right? Yeah, get them involved. But I, I would that. say, like, don't start with dinner when it comes to cooking with them. I think getting dinner on the table is a stressful time for most families yep. anyway. Yeah. So if you can make cooking, like, a weekend afternoon activity or something like that, so you set aside a dedicated time and you're okay with the kitchen getting messy at that point in the day, I think that's fine. But I think trying to do it at dinner when the kids have no experience can be really stressful. I think there's lots of jobs that kids can do in the kitchen. Um, they can, like, you know, measure things in measuring cups really well and pour things into bowls. They can um, put, like, sprinkle garnish on top of something that's finished. They can learn how to crack eggs. I would teach them to crack eggs into a separate bowl first just in case they drop some shell. Um, but I think with practice, they can be really helpful and get really involved and get excited. They can make smoothies, too. Like yes, they can put frozen we love fruit that. In yeah, a that's a great idea. Push yep. the buttons. Like kids love to push buttons. If you're using a food processor, um, some other ideas are like, uh, have you seen those energy balls? Like the date, yes. date balls. Yes. I've no I always want to meet. I always want to make those, but then I'm intimidated. So maybe well, I should try it with yeah, Blaine. They're so easy, and all you do is throw things in the food processor. She can push the buttons. Yeah. And then you take them out, and she can mold them with her hands. Like who cares if they're perfect circles right, or not? Right. Right. No progress, no perfection. Exactly. Yep. I love yeah. that. Okay, that's good. And then another thing I like to do, um, that I've really been trying to do this school year is as soon as they get home from school, have like colorful vegetables yeah. cut up. 
because I feel like sometimes if it's already ready, it can be like they're starving when they get home. And if they have vegetables already ready with like hummus or guacamole or something healthy, I'm really trying to work on this. So um, I'm going to, I'm going to be calling on you, Anna, but um, I think the colorful too, they sort of get excited when it's, you know, mix of different colors. And so, and crunchy, I think like, yeah, I think that's part of why kids love like carrot sticks so much is the crunch is fun and yeah, it's a good texture. I love that. Okay. So that's, that's, those are really good tips. Now, what are the trends that you're seeing right now, just Mm -hmm. overall when it comes to health and nutrition and diets? And like, I mean, I'm living with a man, as you guys know, my husband (laughs) is all keto all the time. So I feel like all I ever do is think about keto because of my husband, because of Jeff. But is, is that what everyone else is doing? Is everyone keto right now when they're talking about these new trends or people still paleo or like, what is... What's yeah. happening out there that you're seeing? I think keto is probably the biggest trend of the moment. Do you think Jeff Clark started that? Totally. A hundred percent. You can tell him I said that. <laughs> it's hilarious. He totally wants credit. He was like totally on that train before it was I a know. Thing. I know. It's from Shaleen Johnson. But... She knows what she's doing. All right. So keto. Yeah. Keto is the thing, huh? It is. And I think. For... And why do you think that is? Because it's working for men and women? Yeah. And I, I think that's part of it. I think um, there's a lot of different ways to do it successfully. It's a little bit less dogmatic than some of the other sort of quote unquote eating doctrine that are out there. Um, and I think it's one of those things that like you can see success quickly, um, whether that means weight loss or inflammatory success, whatever that is. Um, and you don't have to do it forever. It can be kind of an in and out phase if that's what works for you and your body, or you can do it forever. Yep. So I think, um, even though it is sort of rigid in what it allows you to eat, there is flexibility there, which works for people. Yeah. And um, you sometimes do whole 30. Like yeah. I've seen that you, you do that from time to time. I so do. is that still a thing that people are doing? Totally. Whole 30? Okay. Um, whole 30 is such a great, um, way to sort of learn how to eat healthfully and learn what a real food plate can look like. They, and they have so many free resources out there that like a lot of these things, like you have to pay one ninety nine for the plan and the, this and the, that and whole 30 just puts all their resources out there for free, which I think I love is that. great. Yeah, that's great. Anybody can have access to them 24 hours a day. So I think it's an easy one to follow for that reason. So um, yeah, so if you're eating clean for 30 days, it really, after that, then you sort of are already in the routine of eating clean. So exactly. you've kind of learned. It's a habit and your taste yeah. buds have changed by then. And so you're like, wow, that thing that, you know, that ice cream or whatever it was that was holding over me sounded so good. Like maybe it doesn't sound quite as good anymore. And does Michael do the whole 30 with you sometimes? Yeah, he does. Oh, I love that. Yeah. The first couple of times I and did you motivate it, each other, right? Exactly. And it's so fun to have a buddy. Um, he, he has mastered like two whole 30 dishes. So he cooks from time to time. I love that. <laughs> which is great yes. to have a little break. Um, but I think it's really fun to sort of figure out how to make your favorite foods whole 30 as well to sort of fit the guidelines. Like he loves, um, Tom Yum soup, that Thai spicy soup. Yum. Traditionally has sugar and soy sauce in it. So we have to figure out how to make it without those things. And he gets excited by that. And I mean, he's like a kid, like get get him excited. Get him in the kitchen, Anna. I love that. Michael, you might have to come over and make me that soup. Seriously. So, okay. Well, let's talk a little bit about how we met Anna, because people are probably like, how are you guys friends? Well, we met at a beauty counter pop-up that I was doing in East Hampton, out Mm -hmm. in the Hamptons on Long Island about two years ago. 
Shout out to our mutual friend, Devin, who was hosting us at the um, pop-up in East Hampton. And Anna and I really connected about safe and clean products. And lucky for me that Anna decided to join the company with me because she realized quickly that it's not just about what you're putting in your body, right, with health and nutrition. It's also really important about what you're putting on your body, right? Because our skin is our largest organ. Yep. So I think you realize quickly that these two things kind of all go together, right? And they work really well when it's just... It's not just about what you're putting in to your body. It's also on your body. So why is that so important? Such a good question. I mean, I think the fact that your skin is your largest organ is the biggest part of it, that your skin absorbs, I think it's 75% of what you put on it. Um, And so even walking through the world every single day, like there's toxins in the air, there's pollutants in the air, and we can't control that but we can control what shampoo we use or what face lotion we're putting on every day. And, um, it's just sort of like, why wouldn't I choose the one that's the safest? I'm, I work so hard to make sure that my family is eating organic produce and grass fed meats. Um, and then there's just sort of this huge gap in also what you're putting on your body when you absorb so much of it. So just in my mind, it's just like, it makes sense. Like yes. we work so hard on what we put in. So why not work that hard on, on what we put on the outside? I know. And we're so lucky that we get to work together. Yeah, so it's so fun. So glad you decided to take the job with us. So tell us more about what types of services you offer, because you're often in the kitchen. You're actually cooking for clients. You're not only doing nutrition advice and counseling and all that, but then you're also cooking, right? So yeah. what types of services are you are you offering to people out there? And, and you just recently moved, by the way. I so. did. Yeah. I'm so excited to be here in Connecticut. Um, so I do nutrition coaching and counseling, and that looks different uh, for every client, depending on the level of support that, that they need. Um, for some people, I do cook for them as well if they're really busy or they're really um, intimidated by cooking. That's, that's amazing, by the way. Yeah. I yeah. think it makes it really easy. Because it makes it really people. helpful. Yeah. Yeah. And people um, try foods that they would never try if somebody else is making them for them. They might uh, try a new food and get really excited by that food, which is cool. So you making? Are you gonna be making food here in Connecticut, in Definitely. Fairfield County? Yeah. Okay, Fairfield County, Connecticut peeps, listen up, because Anna's the real deal here. <laughs> Thank you. Um, another thing I do is cooking lessons. Um, if people want to learn how to make a certain dish, or they want to learn how to meal prep, or um, Maybe they want to have a girls' night and learn how to make a certain dish. That's like a nice, healthy girls' night. Um, oh, that's so fun. We cook together, and then everyone you know, can have wine or doesn't have to, whatever. Or a clean cocktail. Or a clean cocktail, if that's what they're into. Uh, I also take people to the grocery store. I which love that. is one of my favorite things to do. Teach us how to shop. Healthy, Teach, right? Exactly. And then sort of make a menu based on what we find. But I show people my favorite healthy brands, my favorite... Um, hacks for finding quick things in the grocery store and, and where to go in the grocery store is kind of the biggest Which thing. aisles to avoid. Exactly. <laughs> I can only imagine, Anna, you would have a field day with my family. So I know you have a blog mm-hmm. and people can find you on Instagram and then they can go back to your blog. So tell us about your Instagram account and your blog. It's all teach, eat, repeat, you mentioned, right? Yep. So teach, eat, repeat is the Instagram and teach, eat, repeat.com is my website. And, uh, on the Instagram, I try and showcase basically what I'm eating that day (laughs) or what I've eaten recently. I know it all looks so good. Oh, thank you. I mean, I think it helps when you're eating colorful foods and, um, you know, you're cooking them just a little bit and trying to accentuate the natural 
natural flavors of everything. Um, oftentimes I show the sort of mistakes that I make in the kitchen too. Well, we want to keep it real, right? Yeah, got to keep it real, but also like cooking is scary and you can't be afraid of it. You just sort of have to laugh at yourself when the pan explodes or whatever it is. I know. I used to watch old episodes of Julia Child and she was always laughing and making mistakes, right? And you just, you can't take it too seriously. Um, yeah, and I should. And then also on the blog, you do a newsletter with like great information, great recipes. I get your, I get your newsletter. I love <laughs> it. You. I love it. You're always yeah. giving, giving good ideas. Do it. Yeah. Doing my best to sort of make healthy eating accessible for people, whether that's through recipes or little tips or new things that I'm learning. I'm always trying to expand my studies and bring that information to my friends and family. So as much as I can, it's out there. I love it. That's awesome. Well, now Anna and I want to end here today with a very healthy challenge for all of you listening. I'm sure you guys learned so much from Anna. I learn from her every single day. But the challenge is really to take one idea, one tip, one takeaway, one little tidbit that you heard from Anna, take one of those healthy ideas and bring it into your daily routine. Actually put it into practice, right? Even that, even if it means the water, whatever, yeah. whatever you heard today that sort of spark something and we just want you to put it into action, right? Because yeah. if we do it together, I feel like it's, it's so much easier. Yeah, it's so much easier when we, we're all doing this together. So that's part of the healthy challenge today to do it together and reach out to Anna on Instagram. If you have more questions, you can always send her a direct message. I'll be there. Yep. She's there. <laughs> and for those of you living in Fairfield County, Connecticut. Anna's now here. So we're so excited to welcome her to Connecticut. And thank you so much, Anna, for being my good news VIP guest here in my house. Thank you so much for having me. Yep. And just you wait, I'm going to be calling you back. (laughs) So (laughs) we're going to be making Anna come back and share more of her amazing tips and healthy ideas because that's what we do here. We want to give everyone some good news that they can use. So thank you all so much for listening. I'm so grateful for all of you. I really know that I'd never be here without all of your support and you guys inspire to inspire me every day to be a kinder, better person. Stay tuned for next week's podcast. Remember, you can always find me on iTunes. Please be sure to subscribe and rate my podcast and leave a review. Here's one of the, the reviews that I've just received. Trish wrote this in. As a Boston girl, I love this podcast. As a current LA girl, I also love this podcast. Great conversations. Nina asks all the questions that we want answered. Thank you so much for that, Trish. It's such a nice review. And I just want to say you rock. And as a former Boston girl myself, I want to say go Patriots. And of course, go number 12, Tom Brady. Keep writing in your reviews because I love connecting with all of you. The mission of this podcast is to get better together as a community here in the audio space. For now, I am your host, Nina Clark. So happy to be here. Remember, you can find me across all social media platforms as Nina B. Clark. The B is for Bradley. Please follow me on Instagram because as Anna knows, Instagram is my jam. So let's connect there as well. Thank you again for listening and let's keep being awesome. Awesome.